Hi everyone, and welcome to Crime Science. In this podcast, we explore the science of crime and the practical application of this science for loss prevention and asset protection practitioners, as well as other professionals. Welcome everybody to another episode of Crime Science, the podcast. This is the latest in our weekly update series. I'm joined by Tom Meehan, as well as our producer, Diego Rodriguez, and uh, we're excited as always to talk with each other and you all uh, about what's going on. And uh, we know there's a whole lot, I think, on the on the tragedy side, we've talked about the two uh, asset protection team members um, that are visible security officers at Macy's that were both uh, inexplicably stabbed in the face, one fatally uh, by an individual who had been stealing hats and uh, left and came back and then committed this violence. Um, in a second incident uh, that we're aware of, um, a self-checkout employee at a Kroger company store uh, something equally bizarre, and in this case, uh, an individual, uh, you know, was came in and and fatally stabbed a self checkout employee, an associated team member there at that Kroger company location, um, in a very confused situation where again he uh, thought he was being paged, uh, he wasn't. Uh, the employee politely told him he was not being. Uh, paged. Uh, he, uh, this happened evidently more than once. He exited the store, came back, and then fatally stabbed her um, for no apparent reason. So we know the downside. We know the horrific risks uh, to some in these uh, vulnerable places and spaces that we call retail um, because they're open to the public um, at large, uh, present unique problems in addition to, in the first case at Macy's, in that instance where um, there's theft involved um, in the entire incident, and in this case, the stabbing. So, um, well, you know, this is really what gets our team up in the morning is the um, drive to uh, help use research, use partnerships, use uh, the things that we all know that we need to be doing, trialing, testing, improving to safeguard uh, vulnerable people in places and spaces. Uh, this is what makes it happen. Um, so it's been very, very busy. We're preparing again for the kickoff conference, excuse me, the meeting uh, hosted by AT&T Business. Um, and that, again, will be in Hudson Yard in Manhattan near the Javits Center, um, 730 to 1230. Uh, and that will be on uh, January 17th uh, at the, after the conclusion of the NRF's annual Big Show event. Uh, we'll be participating in multiple panels that will be out on the, the exhibit hall floors. Um, by the way, one on RFID with Avery Dennison, um, with Joe Cole, the VP of Macy's. Um, we'll be participating with uh, Mike Lamb, the VP at the Kroger Company, uh, and one uh, involving NVIDIA, Lenovo, talking about AI usage in retail asset protection, loss prevention. We'll be participating in one with Esri, uh, the, the the giant uh, mapping organization that we work so closely with. Um, and in that case, we'll be working with Cap Indexes. Uh, Dr. Trov uh, will be working with uh, several other luminaries, including um, Dave Johnston from the National Retail Federation. Um, so we're excited in those. Uh, additionally, our colleague and friend, Dr. Corey Lowe here at the LPRC, our research team leader, will be on a panel um, that will be working with Google and others. Uh, so uh, the LPRC team is very proud, uh, very humbled to be uh, asked to participate in some of those 
those panels um, will also be at some of the social events, certainly honoring uh, Gus Downing of Downing and Downing. So look for us, please, in New York City. Uh, but we work, work. There's a lot of planning and effort that goes into that uh, that effort. Simultaneous with that, we've mentioned several times, uh, Ignite is our winter planning meeting. We had our board of advisors uh, teams call yesterday. Um, we had uh, 25, I believe it was, of our board advisors on there going through and discussing with them what we've been doing and growing our team. We now have 19 team members up from six just two years ago, um, and the team is going to continue to grow. We're going to add one more. Uh, coming up here, a director of operations, um, but talking with them about what we're trying to get done, what's the most uh, critical need of them, how do we make sure that we align our capability, our people, our research venues, uh, obviously our focus uh, on what types of theft, fraud, or violence and variations of those we're working on. Uh, is it lab? Is it, uh, and of course, out in the wild uh, in these ecosystems? And, and by the way, we'll be stressing this a lot at our uh, at our kickoff event, talking about the individual that we're trying to influence, they or their crew uh, throughout their journey to at and from a crime event. Uh, but this takes place within an entire ecosystem that we're trying to understand and influence. And that's what it really what our field initiatives are all about. So just to bolster that idea that frameworks and evidence are what the scientific method's all about a logic model and observations. And that's how we roll here at the LPRC and at the University of Florida's Safer Places Lab. Um, we're also in heavy planning for the next day after that Ignite Board of Advisors meeting, February 28th here in Gainesville. Uh, also the Innovate Advisory Panel, uh, their meeting here. Uh, but the next day, of course, on the 29th of February, the uh, Integrate, the second year will have had Integrate, uh, which will be go beyond a tabletop exercise. This will be a highly kinetic exercise um, that will include tabletop exercises around that. Um, last year, we had 31 retail corporations, 46 executives from them, eight law enforcement agencies. This year, we expect all the above to double. Um, and uh, again, that'll be on the 29th, invitation only. But if you're a retailer uh, uh, or you're an LPRC Innovate partner or prospective Ask an advisory panel partner for Innovate program you're interested, um, then please reach out to us, Tom, T-O-M, at lpresearch.org, Tom at lpresearch.org, and let him know you have interest in that tabletop, that grand exercise uh, in the Innovate program itself. Um, but yesterday, as part of the planning, we also had uh, the commander of the University of Florida's ROTC and his um, Chief NCO here as well, uh, NCOIC, and um, so we had Colonel the Colonel in here, um, and so we were planning a little bit about emergency responses uh, and how uh, U.S. Army ROTC will start to get involved, providing one or more interns every semester to work in our Security Operations Center lab, our SOC lab, and with our Fusion Net. Again, for all LPRC members, remember our retailers. We have FusionNet. That's where whenever there's an anticipated or ongoing um, violent or storm event, um, something that's an emergent threat, then uh, we activate and are on uh, that Discord platform that we call FusionNet. This is something we stood up in 2020 to help handle all that was going on during the pandemic from uh, vaccinations to 
uh, elections to widespread uh, looting and burning um, and has continued uh, since that time. With a lot of participation, we have voice and um, uh, intel channels that uh, there's a lot of communication, insertion of OSINT and other types of intelligence and so on. So that's a big play today. We're getting ready. We're going to have our Gainesville Police Department partners in uh, to help us plan through the active shooter event again on uh, February 29th as part of our Integrate Tabletop. Um, so we've got uh, three new team members starting at the LPRC. They started Monday of this week. Here we are recording on IM on Wednesday. Uh, and so they have been going through two days so far. Um, of onboarding, uh, going through and uh, understanding all the complexities, complexities of the LPRC, what their role will be, of course. Um, so a great play there uh, and desperately needed uh, additional team members to help us get through all this. Um, but the, the stressing of what we're going to be doing with Gainesville PD, with the University of Florida Police Department, who's actually hosting the uh, Integrate uh, Active Assailant event, the exercise, um, it's all about intelligence at first, right? Early warning, developing targets that we want to influence uh, so that they don't initiate or progress toward us, uh, and then providing target dynamics for the action. You know, what, what do we need to know about this target if we can identify them? So this is a very complex, uh, hopefully very well planned out uh, event. We've got multiple retailers uh, uh, professionals, AP professionals from there who have dealt with, tragically dealt with active shooter or active stabber events at their places to help us plan and execute this, uh, as well as law enforcement uh, ex experts that have done the same, that have been involved in uh, before, during, and after active shooter events to help us plan this properly and execute it and learn the lessons learned so everybody can continue to improve. This will be the first uh, uh, event and the first part of a series that'll go on for one to two years, depending on the what all needs to be done out there on active assailants. We're doing a literature review, reviewing all the research literature on active assailants, shooters, stabbers, uh, people with hatchets and beyond, uh, those kind of mass attacks, particularly in a commercial and especially, of course, in a retail environment, a mall and or parking lot of a store or in the inside those locations. Um, and, and including also we'll be deconstructing uh, different active events, active assailable events before, during and after with those that were involved in a series of those. We will also be uh, providing and executing another exercise in conjunction with some other experts on this. Um, so stay tuned on all that. And one of our new team members is going to be helping myself, help me and others um, do all the detailed planning and things that have to happen around that, in addition to the other re uh, violent crime. Uh, the three uh, LPRC summits are under heavy planning. The product protection summit, uh, something similar to Shark Tank, for those that don't aren't aware of it, it's online. Um, it's been very successful the last three years. Uh, we've got the Violent Crime Summit that will be in Albuquerque um, this year. Uh, that's where you're normally going to see a couple hundred uh, law enforcement and uh, our members, retailer members in particular, but some SPs coming in together. We'll have our Supply Chain Protection Summit. It's between two different venues right now. They're working now that out on the uh, Supply Chain Protection Working Group. And a quick call out again, we've got seven of these ongoing working groups. One is, of course, the Innovate Advisory Panel, 36 retailers 
that meet eight times by teams and two times in person. Um, and we've also now got 16, 16 uh, innovate advisory panel partners that are from the solution partner side. They are the ones that are funding uh, our growth in our research team. So um, we've got that ongoing monthly, uh, 10 events there uh, to work year round. Uh, but that's in addition, again, to the organized retail crime working group that meets 10 times throughout the year, the violent crime working group, retail fraud working group. We've got, of course, supply chain protection working group, the data analytics working group or DOG, um, to name a few. So um, we encourage everybody that's a member of the LPRC uh, to get your people involved in as many of these working groups as possible. We now have a large enough team that each team has a research scientist and uh, a research project coordinator assigned to those to curate even better and better, more meaningful, engaging, and productive uh, engagements in a year for each of the working groups, including their summits. So uh, what I'll do with no further ado is turn it over to my colleagues. Tom, if you please take it away. Thank you, Reed. Uh, I have a few different stories. Probably uh, today, everything is focused more on the tech side than the retail side. But um, starting with some hacking news, um, there is a website called Cameo where uh, celebrities and other folks charge monies to do videos for people. Um, if you're not familiar with Cameo, uh, there are a ton of celebrities, politicians on where you can request a video and have it made. Um, for you. So for an example, if you wanted to wish someone a happy birthday, you could pay um, $200 and Mike Tyson would do a customized birthday video and send it to you. Well, some hackers overseas use the Cameo feature to create a propaganda video um, about the Ukraine's President Zelensky uh, be having a drug and alcohol problem. And so they actually went out and got a, a ton of videos and <clears throat> had them made uh, with various messages wishing well, not to, uh, no one involved knew the, who the video was for. And then these, this hacking group used artificial intelligence to stitch the videos together and change some of the voices to create uh, a bunch of propaganda videos from celebrities, um, basically using this as misinform misinformation campaign. So why are we talking about it here on the podcast? Uh, this continues to be the one of the challenges with AI. When you think about deep fakes and mixing of voices, what can occur? And then when you add in an application like Cameo, which actually allows someone to take someone's video or audio, really makes AI uh, a, a dangerous, dangerous tool. I've said it many times before, AI... Uh, for a very small amount of money, you can go online right now, download an app, and take someone's voice. And if you have a large enough sample, replicate it with almost near perfection. Video deepfakes are still uh, something that's being worked on. In this case, so the videos were real, so the stitching was a little bit changing. So they basically took different parts of words and cut them out to make the message change differently. So a clever type type of attack, but something to be very, very aware of as we continue to evolve in AI. With more AI news, uh, the European Union and the FTC is investigating Microsoft. Um, this is still in the early stages in relationship to their 49% um, ownership stake in OpenAI, ChatGPT's parent company. 
basically what the EU is saying, is this essentially an ownership and does this allow Microsoft to have control? And the FTC is just monitoring it. So there's not necessarily anything here more than the very early stages of it. So definitely a space to watch when you think about uh, artificial intelligence. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And more artificial news, uh, intelligence news. Uh, expect to see robot bartenders in the very near future. There are, is uh, two companies that have commercialized a robot bartender. Uh, when we talk about AI uh, and the potential for removing jobs or the people losing jobs, this is one example where it does look like these robot bartenders are going into place. Um, there are also, also robot coffee. Um, I can't say the word. Uh, so now we'll skip that one. So there, there are coffee makers that are robots as well. Um, so I think this is just one of those things that's going to occur and we're going to continue to see occurring in the sense of, um, you know, robots think over barista was the word that I was drawing a blank on. So, so both baristas and bartenders, these machines are, are available today um, for bars there are bars making pre-orders. It's too early to see what will happen with it, but this is just one of those things when, if you're out and about traveling, you might see in the near future, something to keep an eye on. Uh, switching gears a little bit to cybersecurity and risk, the Washington Post had a story um, related to the alleged attack, um, attacks on infrastructure from the Chinese government. So there have been about two dozen attacks uh, that, link, that, that are being linked back to the Chinese government on infrastructure and utilities throughout the United States. And um, I think this is something that uh, we'll continue to watch here. And I, I, I often say just to, when we think about attacks on infrastructure, what the real risk here is and what would happen if the power grid went down. I think all of us probably remember the last time the Northeast was without power for a few days um, or disruption and payment systems. So something definitely, definitely to watch uh, the space. There's actually a small, um, city in Ireland that had a, a cyber incident related to Iran and they were uh, not able and they're still not able to have clean water. So something that is very, very real to, to be mindful of. So we'll, we'll continue to watch this space. I think when we talk about cyber instances, we continue to see um, an increased uh, amount of cyber instances. So in the first nine months of 2020, Three, there were more ransomware attacks than all of 2024. So we're seeing the exponential growth. There are a lot of different reports out there. Some reports suggest that um, every few seconds, there's some sort of cyber attack from a bot. And when we think of AI, the AI is just exasperating this issue because it allows those attacks to happen more rapidly. So definitely, definitely something that we're going to all watch about. Uh, 23andMe, uh, which... If, if anybody's familiar with this, had a data breach recently, um, 23andMe went ahead and changed their terms of services. Um, so for those of you that don't know what 23andMe is, 23andMe is a, an actual DNA service where you send in your DNA. They had a pretty significant cyber instance, which led to a breach of 6.9 million people's data. Um, so anytime we, we talk about these DNA um or genealogy companies, I always wonder what people, when they're sending this in, uh, what people are, are concerned with. So this is a, a, a really significant breach if you think of the, the sense that 
um, data could that DNA data could have been leaked, personal data. I, I don't have the specifics, so I don't want to go into it. But what 23andMe did that is drawing a lot of attention is they changed their terms of services, um, which is basically something that happens all the time, but doesn't require acknowledgement. So there's legal-esque language that you can put in that says basically if you don't opt out, you're automatically opted in. And then their new terms of services, um, you're giving your right up to sue or take a class action lawsuit or arbitration. So uh, this got a tremendous amount of attention. So I'm assuming folks are who are involved in the and are looking at it So um, and going in and opting out of this option. But just something to be very mindful of when we think of um, <clears throat> some of the things that are occurring in the cyber standpoint. One of the things I would say is we're hyper-digitized today. So when you think of these services and all of these other things that have web portals um, the landscape in the digital landscape is huge which means the the risk of having an incident it grows so you, we've increased our our threat vectors significantly so when you're giving very personal intimate data away that you don't need to be very mindful of that so 23andme is not a medical company so this is a kind of a a novelty to, to identify DNA. So when you're thinking of that, you're giving that data uh, and in, in return expecting something. So something definitely you want to be aware of um, when you're doing that. So when you're sharing anything that is really, really personal data, my suggestion to you would be to look at it and say, is this data I need to share? Is this data I want to share? Would I be concerned if this data got out? So when we talk about social media, social media is not free, right? We, we've said this hundreds of times now we're seeing paid versions but just this is a good kind of reminder of understand what you're giving understand what you're giving up understand what you're giving out uh, in exchange for service i'm not suggesting that you don't use these services i'm what i'm suggesting is just be a little bit more mindful and aware of of it and i think we're all caught in this kind of vacuum of wow this is a data company they've got to have pretty good data protections this is what they do for a living and we all believe that and should believe that until there's an incident that means uh, that is otherwise. Uh, the holiday season is in full swing, and so the bad guys are trying to take advantage of that to play special attention to text messages, emails, and phone calls, asking for information, telling you to track packages, uh, anything with a link that you click that you're not expecting. My suggestion would be, if you're looking for a package, to go back to that original order, not click on a link in a text message today, arguably anybody at any time during this season would be expecting a package. So when you get that automated text message saying track your package here or your package is delayed, be very, very cautious, um, double and before you click think. Um, and as always, you know, keep your devices updated. I know that I, I say it all the time, but go ahead and patch and update the, the quickest, easiest way to keep yourself safe. And with that, I'll turn it back over to Reed. All right. Thanks so much, Tom. Great stuff as always. Uh, I always look forward to hearing about learning actually a whole lot from what you're finding out. Uh, I want to thank all of you all out there. I want to thank Diego for his production uh, and launching of the podcast across all the platforms. Please like us, tell others about us, uh, send links around your team. Um, the more people involved in crime science, the better uh, the podcast. And please, if you've got any ideas about improvements, guests, topics that we might put out on Crime Science, the podcast, I would appreciate that. 
Uh, and we understand, again, we've been voted in a couple different types of podcast rankings in the top 120 uh, for must listen in the business and, uh, realm. And uh, we're very grateful and honored uh, to be recognized there, the Crime Science Podcast. So stay in touch. Uh, always operations at lpresearch.org. Um, stay in touch. Stay tuned. And pay special attention to lpresearch.org, the website. Uh, it's going to look and be and uh, provide a whole lot more, uh, I think, engagement and uh, going forward starting uh, January 17th. So stay in touch. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Crime Science Podcast presented by the Loss Prevention Research Council. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can find more crime science episodes and valuable information at lpresearch.org. The content provided in the Crime Science Podcast is for informational purposes only and is not a substitute for legal, financial, or other advice. Views expressed by guests of the Crime Science Podcast are those of the authors and do not reflect the opinions or positions of the Loss Prevention Research Council. 